live from the Caltech studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Caltech studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we Thank promise you. to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Well, doing good. Doing good? Doing good, all right? Doing so far? So far? So good? Yeah. So far, so good? Present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. Excellent. Actually, you're not billing me for this pre- time, are you? Pre- Always. Okay, okay. You're Present and or accounted for? And or is good. And or is good, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, joining me on my right is the right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Talk to corporate. Approve memos. Lead a workshop. Remember birthdays. Actually, Earl's not here today. Uh, he's he's uh, he's out on assignment. He's celebrating an event with a significant other, and uh, we wish them a happy time. And uh, don't be late for work. <laughs> Uh, on my left, in about the 10 o'clock position this week, uh, for those that like to, you know, draw this out and map this out, is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Mike. Should we let this play? Since Earl's not here, should we let yours play out a little? Nah. You want me awake for the show? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on the right. I'm going to wake him up. <laughs> you paddle and learn the samurai sidekick, Mr. Alec Weber. Hola. Hola. How are you today, sir? Muy bien. Good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So, uh, uh, phrase book's working. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> He's got up to the moys. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing? Everybody have a good week? Yeah. Anything, uh, anything exciting and new in the world of uh, court drama, legal world, uh, we should, besides the stuff we're going to talk about on the show, I mean, anything at the firm, at the practice, anything going on? Any any good Denny Crane stories? Nothing like that. Just keep yelling at adjusters and. Yeah, well, they fight for the money like it's their own. They really do. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem gotta, to make any you've sense. You've got to have someone that's a pain in the butt like me. Yes. On the other end. Yes. And that's eventually it. they will uh, cave. Anything on your end, sir? Anything on the uh, the senior partner end? And no, 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 just trudging. Uh, trudging. Trudging. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Uh, we had a we had a we had a troubling week. Uh, Kevin was involved in this. Alec was involved in this. We had a, a friend of the program's uh, uh, die this past week. Uh, he was an uh, an Iraq veteran, an Afghanistan veteran, and actually finally uh, succumbed to his injuries after you know six, seven years since his return from active duty. So we'll be talking about him a little bit later on in the Fallen Hero segment. We'll give you some background on him, then we'll post up some information on him on the old uh, website and the, on the old uh, Facebook page. Uh, so you can you could take a look at that also. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I th- we got a great show planned. I know we got um, Colonel West is going to be back with us this week. Yes. Uh, Alan West, uh, if the, everything works out right and the, the stars align, it should be next segment. We get him back uh, back on the air with us. We have. Uh, do you remember uh, Kirk Chelberg from the uh, you know, the, the convertible firearm, the design, yes. the one that looks yes, like the yes, cell phone, the cell phone, phone gun. Mm-hmm. He's back on now, awesome. thanks to. Uh, that uh, nut job uh, Chuck Schumer making comments about mm-hmm. the the cell phone gun and mm-hmm. firearms in particular. So he went after uh, went after Kirk and his project there. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Kirk and um, you know 
that's the kind of bad press that makes you wealthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely right. You know, this was for those people that didn't know about us. That, yeah, you know, now we're six yeah, now, yeah. please. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. like one for everybody in my family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, talk with Kirk and uh, a politician saying something's bad. Let me investigate it. I want twelve. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And that's what's going on. You know, he's he's got something like, I mean, if I had to guess before this. Uh, you know, hundred thousand dollars in orders, and yeah, you know, and, and and now this is it's probably double tripled at this point. You know, that's just mine. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just what Kevin wants. That's just what Kevin wants. I'd like the first two years production, please. <laughs> um, I love them. We're going to talk a little bit about open carry in Florida because uh, again, there's another that's, update on this. Yes, there is. Uh, we're we're gonna, kind of a big deal. Yeah, we're we're going to talk to you on that. Uh, and remember, we talked to you about the court case out of the Mariana Islands, the Northern Mariana Islands, with. Uh, with uh, the do it all at once and don't come back until it's all done. At correct, once correct. Story. Well, there's uh, there's some uh, some government level shenanigans going on there, and we're going to give you all about tell you all about the government level shenanigans. Uh, we also have this is great. Anybody out there that's a uh, a veteran, a current you know a recent veteran, a, a longtime veteran, uh, or or know somebody on active duty and coming out in the military, you're going to join the civilian workforce. This is a, this is a great story. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk to you about that. It's uh, some some pros and cons of joining the civilian workforce as a as a as a veteran. So this uh, again, if you know somebody, this is great to listen to. If you were, if you never had the honor of serving yourself, this is it's this actually is, not so bad. Great. If you didn't serve in the military, yeah, the way the way this information is presented, that uh, you know, it, it makes it more difficult. And that's what we found. Uh, it, it's more difficult for veterans to find jobs because of some of their experiences. And uh, whereas this might have been a plus in the in the job market 20 years ago, 30 years ago, now some of the characteristics and traits that you get from the military, they don't want in the touchy-feely, mamby-pamby style. The, word, style. the words touchy-feely yeah, comes yeah. to mind. Touchy-feely, mamby-pamby style of, of a civilian civilian uh, employment now. So. Would you say that we run kind of a touchy-feely, happy-happy, joy-joy place? I would not comment on that whatsoever. Okay. And and think that was the kind of place we ran. It's more of a, <clears throat> it's more of a Kevin thing. S- s- uh, s- do you want me to stop beating you or slow down? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The words of Kevin the other day. Do you value your life? If so, get out of my office. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, yeah. actually, I actually didn't say it that way. I said, mm. do you enjoy life? Oh yes. Do you enjoy life? Okay. If so, get out of your get out of my office. I'm, I'm, so there might have been touchy feely if I didn't get out of my office. taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. It's a stream of consciousness. We had a uh, uh, I've got an employee at the at the shop who had we had him counting out some parts, a big order of you know a thousand of these tiny little parts, a thousand of these tiny little parts, a thousand of these tiny little parts, and I didn't want to overwhelm him and give him all four or five at the same time because these are tiny little springs and pins. So I gave them to him, and he came back in very proudly, and I gave him. I gave him three of the four I needed done. Uh, so I gave him those, and he came back in after a couple hours. I've, I've got it done. Here you go. And he had this big smile on his face. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, that's wonderful. You see that pile right there? Yeah, thousand of those. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those uh, oh, letdowns. It, yeah, <laughs> it gets better than that because he's at the counter when I got to the shop today. And as I walked past, without looking at him, without saying, I just went 37, 38, 39, <laughs> and, he went, ah! and started over again. Mm. And he was probably in the 700 range. Yeah. Oh, that was priceless. Mm. So it's a bunch of bunch of little parts. He's, he did a good job. He's a good kid. He's working out all right. So we'll see. And if you're listening, don't 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 become a slacker just because I said. I'd weigh 10, 
on the little air, air scale thing, and then that would have been the way I'd uh, You know what? The first couple times, you got to earn Earn it. Oh, you, 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 you actually you, prove you can do the math them, before you get the calculator. Scales on my desk. I even told him I couldn't find it. Uh, you know, you <laughs> well, well, I've seen your desk. Yeah. Pot, kettle, block. I know. <laughs> so. All right, we've got a great program coming up. we got uh, get some good information, good callers. we get back uh, next segment. We're going to have uh, uh, Colonel West should be calling in. We'll, we'll be able to talk to him. Uh, if you've got uh, some questions, comments, uh, give us a call here at the program, uh, you know, or, or send us an email at the... Radio at armsroom.com. You can uh, hit us up at the Facebook, armsroom.com. Excuse me, facebook.com slash armsroomradio. You're going to turn my mic off again when he's here, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. <laughs> coming to you live from the Tech Studios. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds. Plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. At work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself. So why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. (laughs) 
listening to Arms Room Radio. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast. Now, here's Mike. Hey, welcome back to the program. Uh, joining us again is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, retired U.S. Army. Uh, you guys know him. He's with the National Center for Policy Analysis, ncpa.org. Check him out there, or you can look at him up his personal site at allenbwest.com. Colonel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Good to be with you again. Uh, great to have you back, sir. Love having you on the program. I think we've said that every time we've had you here, you know, and we're not uh, we're not kissing up to you. The, 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 everybody everybody here is a very appreciative, so thank you well, for joining us you. again. Either that or you'll drop me for push-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very true. Very true. Um, hey, sir, I wanted to talk to you, speaking of push-ups, about some, uh, a couple of military issues uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now, the military, the active duty and veterans, we're, we're losing 22 a day to suicides. Now, yeah. uh, some of this is from, uh, you know, soldiers that have those physical injuries that uh, you'd expect from a war. Some have the uh, the mental scarring of things that they've seen. And then uh, it looks like there's also another segment of people that just uh, you know, they just can't readjust when they come back, whether or not they, you know, they had those uh, physical or mental scarring of the war. They come back and can't readjust. But we're losing 22 of them a day. And this is yeah. this is not just those that have been abandoned uh, and ignored by the VA that are out. This is including active duty soldiers. Uh, what, what, I mean, what can we do? What can you and I do as leaders? What can the public do, uh, you know, to, to help this? Well, I think one of the most important things we have to do is realize that there is a problem out there. There is a situation. Uh, and we have to start conveying to our young warriors that, you know, it's not about being a tough guy, a tough gal, and trying to, you know, shoulder this on your own. But they have to know that there are individuals that are out there that are more than happy to, to, to help them and to be there for them. I think that a, a great thing that we need to start doing is linking our, you know, older veterans with some of our younger veterans so that they can bring bridge that gap and, and they can have a, a sharing of, you know, experiences and, and maybe some of the hard adversities that uh, some of the older veterans have had to go through and let these young kids know that, you know, you don't have to succumb to these, you know, trials and tribulations that you have within you. But I think overall we need to really you know, have a, have a complete overhaul of the Veterans Administration system. We need to have more veterans that are in charge from the middle to upper level management. We need to get rid of the uh, union bureaucracy. We need to make sure that when a veteran has an issue that it can be immediately taken care of and rectified. I mean, they need to have the choice to be able to go to a civilian, uh, be in a counseling or a civilian hospital or what have you. Uh, I, I'm sure you remember the story uh, just recently about veterans calling in on the hotline and being put on hold, getting an answer machine. You know, those are not the type of things that should be happening in the United States of America. So I think we need to focus our efforts, focus our resources on, you know, taking care of these veterans. We shouldn't have homeless veterans in the United States of America. Uh, that That's another one of those things that we should be, you know, seeking to, to rectify. Getting them employed, you know, good quality jobs and employment. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's there's also a part of this that, you know, our young people can't try to hide. You know, they, they've got to open up and they've got to let people know that they're hurting so that folks can wrap their, their arms around them. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. And, you know, I sit and I try and, and look at the historical, uh, you know, parallel for this. Uh, when when our grandparents and parents came back from World War II, came back from Korea, you know, this is was this just a topic that we didn't know about, that it was going on? Was this something that they shouldered differently? Uh, and it's and I've, I've just started trying to do research to see what else I can do or what else people I know can do besides what, what you just mentioned, and that's what we're all doing. Um, you know, we're trying to help out as veterans. 
Well, I think that it, it was a different time. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a group of individuals, you know, such as my dad, born in 1920, they lived through the Depression. So there was a different uh, metal that was there. Now, without a doubt, I'm sure that there were many, uh, you know, stories of, you know, trials and tribulation and mental anguish uh, because World War II was a very brutal war. But one thing was that they came back, and these veterans went into the uh, into the into the economic engine of America. Yeah. I mean, we had an incredible, you know, almost a second industrial revol- revolution that happened here, and so they they did not have to come back to a country that did not appreciate what they had done. They did not have to come back and worry about homelessness and joblessness. I mean, we had the GI Bill, and and we put them to work, and and they were rewarded for that that industrialism, for that discipline, for that can-do spirit that they had. So I, I think that that is what we have to look at the overall, you know, economic system of the United States of America that needs to be able to bring these veterans back and get them in good quality uh, paying jobs and, and show them that they are of value still to this great nation. Yes, sir. That's absolutely correct. I, I did want to mention old, would you mention the older veterans and the guys, the little the, the crusty guys, the, the guys that have been there before. Um, yeah. What, uh, I, I wanted to extend that to Vietnam veterans, and I'm, I'm sure you saw this also. When, when we came back from Afghanistan, we came back through uh, the airports, and it was a couple of different airports where we, we all come back through on the contract flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it being three in the morning, and we got off the plane, and uh, come around the corner into the atrium there and it's it's the whole airport's empty except for 50 or 60 vietnam veterans and this was from every walk of life from you know didn't have a you know a penny to spare uh to yeah. the, those that were you know well off uh, and and they were there at three in the morning to make sure that what happened to them uh never happened happen. to us and in fact their new yeah. their new motto is uh you know uh, never again yeah uh, n- never again well, and, and, and That's those guys have been doing incredible work. Like the, yeah, organizations like the Patriot Guard Riders, yeah. you know, and what they do. So when I look at groups like the American Legion and, and the VFWs, and, you know, I've talked to some of the leadership in these organizations how, you know, we've got to reach out and make these, uh, you know, posts very accommodating to the young people because I don't want to see us have this gap by which, you know, that generation being the Korean and Vietnam War generation, you know, they continue to pass on. And and we don't have the next generation that steps up into the VFW and the American Leaders, uh, Legion and some of these other veteran service organizations. Uh, so I think that's a very important thing that we need to be doing is getting this new generation of veterans involved and engaged in these veteran support uh, service organizations. Yeah, it's very true. For the longest time, I know growing up, the you know, places like the American Legion and the VFW were seen as, uh, you know, dad or grandpa's place. But now it's, yeah. you know, now it's ours. It uh, is. You know, it it's is. Ours. And you know what? We have to accept that responsibility to make sure that it continues on. Yeah, ex- exactly right. We, uh, we had another story two, three weeks ago we were looking at, and uh, I, I, the numbers we had were there was 2.7 million uh, veterans of Vietnam uh, that were served in Vietnam, not not just during the time frame, but that served in Vietnam. And of that, uh, of those numbers, there's there's 700,000 of those uh, of those heroes left. Yeah, so, uh, it's, uh, it's appalling. Yeah. Yeah, those and, and that's one of again. I mean, we talk about our World War II veterans, but that that core of Vietnam War veterans are really uh, we're losing them at a fast pace as well. Yeah, it's it's just uh, well, I guess maybe that's just how old we're getting. That it seems like you know, growing up they were uh, you know just a couple of years older than us, and now mm-hmm. they're they're all passing at a uh, an alarming rate. Uh, so. Yeah. 
Uh, but but I, I always have a great heartfelt thanks to them for what they did. You know, we no there's never been a a moment where there was a return anxiety because of what they did yeah. for us. Yeah, and, and, you know, I remember when my older brother, who was a Marine infantryman, he was wounded at Quezon, uh, when he came back from Vietnam, and, you know, he was he was somewhat dejected and, and disgraced. And right. uh, I, I remember he threw his service green uh, Marine uniform onto the uh, the floor of the closet. And, you know, I, I little, little his little brother, I went in, picked it up, and hung it up for him, because <laughs> I was just so proud of the service right. that he had done. I mean, he was my hero, and uh, he continues to be. And, and now he's... His nephew, I mean, my nephew, his son is is a major in the army. So, you know, that's how we build a legacy. That's how we build the lineage of service, sacrifice, and commitment. And so, I think that the bonds between these respective generations, we got to make it stronger. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I think, like you're right, I think it's it's that VFW, it's that American Legion, it's the organizations like that that we do that. Yep. Um, Sir, I met with a group of active duty soldiers in the past uh, past week, and they're all pretty much in agreement that. Uh, uh, the, the military has just become a big social experiment for this administration. Uh, you know, they're oh, well, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> what, what you understand the policies I'm talking about? You know, the, the, sure. the, what what do we do now when when we get a new presidency and hopefully it goes the right way? Mm-hmm. Do we do we turn these back? Do we make the best of them when, and try and drive forward? I, you know, there's not much of a uh, there's not much of a, a, a history here of uh, have these policies worked or not. We just know that they're not working today. Well, I think the most important thing is you go back to what the mission statement is of the United States military is to fight and win the nation's wars. And anything that is an impediment to that happening, anything that sidetracks you from being focused on accomplishing that mission, it does not need to 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 have resources uh, spent towards it. And that's, that's the most important thing uh, because – the resources of the Department of Defense need to be focused on what is best for the warfighter that's out there at the pointy end of the spear. And that means as far as the warfighting strategies, that means as, as part of the procurement and acquisition system, that means as part of how we are training and preparing uh, them to take that battlefield. So this is not the time to go in and be worried about uh, political ideologies, campaign promises, or special interest groups. And you need to have the type of you know resilient and, and leadership that it, you know shows the resolve to stand up to to groups and say this is not what we're about we're about making sure that we uh, are putting the best and the most qualified people on freedom's ramparts to defend us and as i've always said the the focus of the military is to take the individual behavior and conform it to the to to the unit so that it is a cohesive coherent fighting element and when we get to the point where it is about the military conforming to individual behaviors, then we will see a breakdown. And I think that no one can argue about that premise or that statement that I just made. No, no, no argument here. I mean, everybody's sitting in a room here shaking their head up and down. So we, we all, we all, we all get it. We all understand. Um, and I think that the broader society will get it as well. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, sir, we're coming up on a break. Do we have a, we have some time to get for another segment absolutely. with you? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. When we get back, more with Colonel Allen West. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics... Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? 
then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. The Keltec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity, not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Keltech Studios online right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Uh, on the line with us again, we have Colonel Alan West. Colonel, are you still with us? I'm still with you, Mike. It's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't know if we had a chance to talk since the Brussels attacks. Uh, and I wanted to get your, get your take on 
the uh, the threat that's gone on over there, the continued threat that's going on, the Muslim population coming in, the openness of the European Union, uh, and, and it looks like, I mean, clearly terrorism is winning over there, and they're, they're starting to tear apart the EU. Uh, I wanted to get your yeah. opinion on this. It's amazing that uh, just this week the European Union admitted that uh, they got this wrong. They have no control of the borders. They have no idea who is within the borders of the nations that uh, represent the European Union. Uh, and furthermore, the uh, ISIS and Islamic Jihadists have done exactly what they said they were going to do. They were going to infiltrate the ranks of these, uh, quote-unquote, migrant refugees uh, so that they could get a foothold in Europe and conduct attacks. And you see what has happened in, in Brussels and what happened in Paris. They have established sanctuaries. They have established enclaves and from which they're launching a tax. It's almost as if uh, the Trojan horse was invited in and they were given uh, bases of operation with, within our, our, the, the gates uh, and the city walls. And so now the, the, the point is, when you look at the breakdown of law enforcement intelligence there that, that caused Brussels, how do we get, you know, rectify the situation? So, you know, going back and looking at all of those, you know, single military-age males that were allowed to just walk right into these countries, and they have no control, no no count, no understanding, you know, you've got to stop that. You've got to stem that tide. And I think you're starting to see some countries doing that, realizing that they made a mistake. You know, we cannot, you know, look at... You know, safety and security for our respective nations from the prism of political correctness and multiculturalism and, you know, quote unquote social justice. You know, the most important thing about a sovereign nation is its sovereignty and the protection of its borders. And there's a lesson to be learned for us here in the United States of America. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's. Poland is, I think, the only country I've seen stand up and say, you know what, en- enough, we're, we, you know, the borders are closed to you. You know, we're not, we're not letting you in, we're not pushing yeah, you coming from other countries. Many of the Eastern European countries that remember, you know, for them it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> right. the scourge of the Ottoman Empire. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, in Austria, they should remember what happened in 1683 at the gates of Vienna. But for whatever reason, you have a lack of leadership, and uh, I think it's going to come back to hurt them, as we have seen Angela Merkel being punished, her party being punished, that the... Uh, the polling sites uh, just a month ago. I, I think there's also some fear, you know, amongst the, the German people and probably some some other European countries that they're they're a little bit worried about the image or what would happen if they say we're going to isolate this one religion and put them in camps or we're going to send them away. Well, it's not about isolating a religion. It's not about putting anyone in camps. It is about saying that, you know, we have a sovereign border, and we have our right. citizens that we have to protect. And, you know, this is not about, you know, freely transiting into our country. We have to have processes and procedures, and we're going to screen you. If we cannot screen you, then you're not allowed entry. You know, you know i got to ask you, why is it Saudi Arabia? accepting these people. Yeah, right. Why, you know, Qatar, why, mm-hmm. you know, the UAE, why are they not accepting? I mean, the only uh, country that really is doing it is Jordan, and they're, you know, pretty much so overrun. And again, in many of those camps in Jordan, it's a hotbed for Islamic jihadism, and they are able to, you know, recruit out of there. So we have allowed that to happen right in Europe, and, and you know, scarily so. I don't want to see it happen in America, but we have a problem in Minneapolis, St. Paul, with the uh, Somali community, right. and the fact that they are going and, and fighting for ISIS. And, you know, look at the, the, the open visa policy that we have with the European Union. We need to check that right. and make sure that we don't allow these folks to get on airplanes and come over here. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, you know, we just got to keep, keep supporting them. Uh, you know, hopefully, again, uh, and the quote I saw this week was the European Union's on their own until January 20th. So at least for, as far as American support goes. 
Yeah. Well, we we will see what will happen because right now the 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 enemies of this great nation, being at the state level enemies, Iran, North Korea, China, Russia, or the Islamic jihadist organizations that are out there, they know that the, the United States does not have a leader. Well, first of all, we don't have a leader. Right. We don't have anyone that's going to take any action against them, uh, and so they have free reign, like you said, till January twentieth of next year. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we just got to get out there and make sure the right people get into the the offices, sir. You've been uh, you've been working towards the uh, with your with your petition or the national defense petition uh, to for the national defense budget in 2017. How's that working out for you? How's that going? What's the status there? Well, it, it's it's going very well. Uh, if you go to the website www.ncpa.org, you will see a petition called "Provide for the Common Defense Now." We have five points that we are stressing in the development of the National Defense Authorization Act, which uh, by looking at the schedule for the House and Senate, they should have it voted on uh, by the I think the end of May. We want to make sure that we're building a military that's capable to meet the needs and requirements of this current battlefield, the 21st century battlefield. We're decimating our military capability. We want to, you know, go back and reduce the size and the scope of the Department of Defense bureaucracy because what you're seeing happening is that we're cutting war fighters, but we're building the bureaucracy, being at the Pentagon or some of these other major headquarters. We need to make sure that we are, you know, transforming our war fighting strategy so that we can be successful on the battlefield. That centers on our rules of engagement, especially. But we're not talking about victory on the battlefield. The other thing is that, without a doubt, uh, we have got to do something about our defense acquisition and procurement system. Uh, I, we have been talking with, uh, you know, the House uh, Armed Services Committee Chairman Mac Thornberry, and they have dropped a bill, H.R. 4741, that talks about reforming that acquisition system because it takes too long for us to get, you know, good quality weapon systems to our warfighters. And the last thing that's so important is, you know, better compensation for our men and women. Uh, last week I wrote a piece that uh, was published at townhall.com that talked about two years ago it was about $85 million of food stamps were spent in military commissaries. That's unconstable. That's... That should not happen. Uh, and we have about uh, 7 to 10% of our veterans on food stamps. And we talked about, you know, how we're not doing right by our veterans. So those are the five points to our petition. We would love to have people, you know, come and read about those five points and sign up and visit our national security blog at the NCPA website. I, under reform, I think it was the Army Chief of Staff this week that came out and said uh, there, that he absolutely agrees. The acquisition process has got to be streamlined. That They looked at a new sidearm for the Army and for the, the whole force, but the Army and it's, it was the first one. And they spent three years and $14 million and decided to make no changes. And he asked for... That's, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he asked for the permission to uh, to get to give him 30 days, of course, with some amount of oversight, so to make sure there's no you know improprieties. But you know, give him 30 days, and uh, he'll come up with the answer for you. He goes, yeah. he, he's the four star. He's the man that knows what the force needs and has the people that can find out. But for, for three years, 14 million dollars down the drain. To me, that you know, we went from the old 1911-45, then we went to the Beretta 9mm. You know, all you got to do is is go to someone at the, at the NRA or Guns and Ammo or whatever and say, hey, what's the top five, you know, best sidearms, uh, you know, out there? Right. Bam. You know, it doesn't take 30 days. Yeah. He'll probably tell you in a day. Yep. And then, and then you just say, okay, we're going to go with the, the Glock 9mm or what have you, or, you know, Glock 40 or, right. you know, H&R or H&K, I'm sorry. So why does it take $14 million? in three years to try to figure out what's the best sidearm. You know, I guarantee you, if you get some infantrymen, some special operators out there, they can tell you what the best sidearm is. Oh, you know, absolutely. And and that's all it takes is... uh 
put a couple of privates in the room with it and see how long it lasts. And whichever one lasts let the them, longest, that's your weapon. Try to break it. Let them shoot it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. And they'll tell you, okay, this one, this is the best toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what the joke we say around here all the time is: if you leave a private in the desert overnight with a with a bowling ball, you'll come back the next day, the bowling ball will be broken, and he won't know how it happened. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, sir, we have about two minutes left. Uh, yeah. The president just let two more out of Guantanamo. Found uh, yeah. Senegal, I believe, was the country that, that yeah. was willing to accept them. And That's correct. And uh, he just he just cleaned it out, you know. And, and I'm sure they spent all of eight or nine minutes in Senegal before they left. You know? Oh, sure. Well, look, this is the thing we have to come to understand. First of all, by Article 1, Section 8, Clause number 11 of the Constitution, the president does not have the right to do what he's doing. The enumerated power to deal with captures on land and sea is given to the Congress, the legislative branch. The other thing is that if the president is so happy to release all of these unlawful enemy combatants from uh, Guantanamo Bay, then what is he doing about the, the Leavenworth 10, those men and women, those men that we have locked up there for insidious, you know, premeditated murder? on the battlefield. Case in point, Army First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence, who is sitting there for 20 years uh, for engaging the enemy. But yeah, I want to ask you a question as we close. Where's Bo Bergdahl? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I know that hits close to home for you and me. We've been there. We've chewed that dirt. And uh, it's it's amazing that he's just still sitting there and nothing going on yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. Pisses me off. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I know... I know the soldiers. I know soldiers that have died over it, you know, and it's uh, it's 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 unconscionable. That's that's the, not the word I can use. And pissing me off is the actual uh, the feeling that I have. So I'm I'm there with you, sir. You got it, uh, sir. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure when we have you on. Please check out the colonel's uh, website at allenbwest.com. See what's going on on the personal side of the house, and then ncpa.org to to check it out. And then you can also check on there and. Uh, Take a look at the Provide for Common Defense Now, and you can see all the, the points on the petition that the colonel and the, the organization are pushing. Sir, thank Thanks you very so much. much you got it, brother. All right, Airborne. Airborne. We'll see you soon, sir. Yes, sir. Scouts out. The Keltec PMR-30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, you know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle,
rifle. Insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. We live in an ever-changing world where security is no longer a luxury, but a necessity. Veritas International provides the peace of mind you, your family, business, or school deserves. Locally owned and operated by a law enforcement veteran with over 18 years of experience, Veritas provides a myriad of services, such as executive protection, private and confidential investigations, background investigations, canine services, event and school security, as well as firearms training that includes concealed carry, female handgun and survival courses, and home defense. Veritas will custom tailor a home defense course with your personal home as the training location. Train in your familiar environment. Put their decades of experience to work for you. Call Veritas International today at 844-483-7482. Online at oneveritas.com. That's O-N-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S dot com. Mention the arms room and get 15% off training and selected services. Veritas International is a proud supporter of the Second Amendment. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Hey, listen. Uh, first off, thanks to Colonel West for joining us again. He's a very busy man. Uh, we always appreciate him on the show. And go go ahead, take your shots. Okay. Take your shots. I'm going to take that button away from you. <laughs> I enjoy speaking with the Colonel just because I don't let you guys speak. Doesn't mean that I don't respect your questions and your opinions. It's just... Uh, We're writing I, stuff down and sliding it over I, I, to you, and you're looking at us like, no, I, no, I'm not, no. I want my Colonel time. Yeah, yeah I want my I, Colonel West. Clearly. There's a bromance going on. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> You know, if, if if this was fried chicken, I'd understand. It's not. <laughs> wow, man. I uh, I do like me some fried chicken. Yeah. Well, what you're not you, comparing Colonel West to fried chicken? No, no. Way to wow. Way to turn it racist, Alec. Oh, that was not <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking something uh, else. Not exactly. Because where it's going. Because any form of fashion. He's, he's, he's finger licking good. That's, that's a, yeah. That's what the bromance he's got going. Is. Oh. Just, just bad. Wow. Way to make it weird. Wait, wait, make it weird. Yeah, listen, if you'd like to get in on this intellectual conversation, give us a, you could tweet us at, at Arms Room Radio. That's at Arms Room Radio. Uh, if you want to call the old program here, it's 407-774-8255. I know you're listening around the country. I know you're in Seattle. I know you're in Philadelphia. I know you're you're in Georgia. But Yeah, call and call. tell him next time the colonel's on that I should have my microphone working. <laughs> call, call from your cell phone. It's a, it's a local call from your cell phone. It's 407-774-8255. You can message us at the old facebook.com slash armsroomradio, and you can email us at radio at armsroom.com. Alec, if they want to get a hold of you from your last comments, how do they tweet uh, the old Max Law Orlando group of people? We are tweetable at, at Max Law Orlando on at, Twitter. At Max Law Orlando. If you want to get a hold of me secretly, it's at Armsroom Mike. It's not secret, if though. It's not, I think if it's everybody not else knows about it. Yeah, yeah. So... 
that's it. That's 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 how you get a hold of us here. And uh, well, now our apologies. Better yet, our apologies. Tweet the colonel and tell the colonel that Mike should say that I have to have my microphone in. Next yes, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Because I wanted to tell him. You know, he said he, it pisses him off. That's actually a, a legal term. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Is it? It's yeah. It's, that's that's very that's very cool. That's very good. Um, you won't like him when he's angry. You won't like him when he's angry. Hey, uh, we want to talk to you about uh, the Mariana Islands. Uh, we spoke to you uh, last week about the, the Mariana Islands, and uh, this week we want to follow up. Remember last week everything was honky dory. Yes, they now, won. and now they're shenanigans. Gun, gun rights, gun rights won. One out, one out the day. Uh, the judge there. Well, let me just give you the story. After 11 days, after a federal judge rejected the Commonwealth of Northern Mariana Islands ban on all handguns as unconstitutional, the legislature has approved a severe gun control measure. This is this is what's called political shenanigans. It's right. It's uh, it's hokum. Hokum. On uh, on March 28th, Chief Judge Ramona Villa Gomez Manglona of the U.S. District Court for Northern Mariana Islands ruled the territory's 40-year-old total ban on handguns was unconstitutional, saying because the people of the Commonwealth are part of the American people who have overwhelmingly chosen handguns as their principal means of self-defense, the Second Amendment protects their rights here as well. And we gave that to you yesterday. In a reply to the court order barring enforcement, the Commonwealth Senate passed a strict 57-page gun proposal last week in, me, to which the House added a 1000 per pistol excise tax, which the Senate approved unanimously on April 7th, sending the bill to Governor Ralph Torres for expected signature. Now, let me ask you something, Kevin. Let me ask Please you something, Please do. Alec. Do you think they just had that, uh, they did, or they made that 57-page up document uh, overnight, or they might have had that standing by waiting for this decision? I think oh, yeah. they, they knew they were going to lose. Yeah, yeah. And they've been working this up, and they're, they're relying on Obamacare for the tax. <laughs> yeah, $1,000, $1,000 tax. As reported by the Marianas Variety, Senator Paul A. Mangalona voiced support for the tax in the Senate, saying it would decrease the expected number of handguns coming into the island. Um, I'm just going to halt right Above there. Above zero, yeah, just, two, three. I'm just, I'm just going to say that if you, uh, um, well, first of all, you, this uh, Senator Paul Manglona, which I do not believe has any relationship to Chief Judge Ramona Manglona. But if it is. But if it is, um, Judge, we're, we're sorry. Poopy on you. Yeah, po- uh, but, but Senator Paul Manglona appears to be an idiot. Because if you say public, public things like, uh, we're, we're creating this excise tax, because it will decrease the expected number of handguns coming into the island. Let me let me say it another way. We've created an unduly burdensome, an unduly burdensome tax, so you cannot exercise your recently clarified Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. You, you just might as well say that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. We we, yes, we, I we crafted <laughs> we crafted a fifty-seven page middle finger. Yeah 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 exactly. The now oh hold on, Alec. Evidently, since we started. The story, it's now a 59-page document. Oh, excuse me. The now 59 <laughs> Senate Bill 1994 will establish gun-free zones around schools, government buildings, and places of worship, requires the mandatory use of gun locks for firearms not in use, establishes a prohibition of the carrying of firearms outside of the home for self-defense, requires licenses to possess firearms or ammunition, forbids Title II firearms such as suppressors, short-barrel rifles, and machine guns, and establishes an assault weapon ban similar to those in California and New York. I have news for you. You... You, what should I call them? Islanders. Island, no, no, no it's, I'm talking about the government, the body, the legislators there, that um, you're about to get your butt handed to you. You just had the the U.S. District Court judge tell you, no, 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 and you're going, 
but, 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 we're going to do it anyway, and we're just going to call it something different. Get Guess what? You're, you, you should start swimming for another island at this point, because it would be healthier for you. They need to buy a dredge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And start digging their own island. Yes. Well, remember when we talked about this two weeks ago that, um, because we did talk about it two weeks ago, didn't we? Yes, yeah, yeah. two weeks, yep. Yeah. And uh, I think I said, as it stands right now, the only law that regulates firearms is the Second Amendment. Second Amendment. And that's what and, a lot of places, mm-hmm. there's there's 10 states now with constitutional carry. Right. Um, and in fact, um, Puerto Rico, even though it's in some turmoil right now, is a constitutional carry based on the, the court decision back there in December. Um, and uh, I said, you know, it's either going to stay that way or there's going to be something else in the pocket. Right, and sure but, enough, something but, else in the pocket. In addition to these these assault weapon bans, no center fire rifle and a caliber larger than two two three. Do you know how small the two two three is? Yes, it's it's actually about point two two three of an inch. Uh, that's how small it is. Really? Uh, no yeah. shotgun in a caliber larger than four ten. A cap on magazine size to ten rounds or less is also part of the language of the bill. There. You know what is, they got a better is... chance of? Yeah, yeah, snow. If, it's if, snowing if, in the Northern no, Mariana Islands. If yeah. you actually have a constitutional right to own a firearm, mm-hmm. you're not allowed in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get off the island. You're not allowed here. Now, now, now hear this. Now, they, they, they do have a heart there. This is not a total ban, Kevin. There's exceptions for law enforcement. There's exceptions for government employees and military personnel. You know, all the people that you have the guns to protect yourself from in the case of tyranny. Yeah, they they missed the entire point of the second amendment. Yeah, violations of this proposal could occur as much as a 15-year prison sentence. Possession of a single handgun cartridge without a license could bring a fine of $2,500. One bullet. Sounds like you know what it sounds like. It sounds like China. (laughs) Yeah. Concerning self-defense and justifiable homicide, the act mandates a duty to retreat. That's a perfect example of. I don't care if you die. I want to be in charge. Yes. And you're going to do what I say, yeah. even if it costs you your life, because I'm your government and you're going to you're going to comply. Just comply. My name is Orwell, and you're going to comply. <laughs> the handgun tax with the one-year sunset clause, after which the legislature will revisit the matter with input from law enforcement, is considered by a gun rights advocate to be prohibitively expensive in the territory where the per capita is only thirteen thousand dollars per year, and the population has nearly been halved. In recent years, due to the collapse of the local the local industry. Well, remember that that was about the income when they passed the National Firearms Act. Yeah. And it was a three hundred dollar per t- yes. two hundred dollar per stamp tax yep. that was considered so huge, yep. no one would ever pay it. The uh, at the current minimum wage is six dollars and five cents an hour. It would take an individual more than a month of regular work weeks to raise enough money to pay for the gun tax. It's definitely a case of the power to tax as a power to destroy a right. And uh, and that's. Yes. That's the slippery yeah. slope we're on right now because the Supreme Court already ruled I can make you buy health insurance even though it was said it's not a tax. It is a tax, and the government can impose a tax. Second Amendment Foundation, uh, Alan, uh, excuse me, Second Amendment Foundation Executive Director Alan Gottlieb uh, said on Wednesday that most people in the Northern Mariana Islands cannot afford this tax and will not be able to exercise their rights. Godlieb also advised his Second Amendment Foundation attorneys who won the suit overturning the handgun ban are already looking to challenge the $1,000 excise tax no. should it become law. I may have to start a a foundation that gives away the tax yeah. every year right. to, uh, to individuals that qualify. This kind of 
this kind of uh, of tax, this kind of restrictions, these kind of bans. Yeah, they created an event in the past. Uh, Yeah. That event was called the American Revolution. If there were, if they had possession of firearms now and this was put forward, you would see firearms being used against tyranny. If that happened to place someplace like Washington State, Texas, Florida, somewhere else where firearms are legal, and you told them they're gone, you would see, uh, you would see bloodshed. I'm not, I'm not calling for it by any means. But that's, but that's exactly what the government realizes. This is what happened in 1775 and that's 1776 right. when this, when, when the they're British. Gonna... When Those the British said dang the same thing. Revolutionaries yeah. are going to do it again. Folks, uh, thank you for joining us. First hour, we'll be coming right back at the top of the next one. Uh, please, please, uh, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you haven't gotten it yet, you need to get ready. And if you are ready, you need to stay ready. And do it before $1,000 becomes part of the course. When we get back next hour, Kirk Chelberg from the Concealed Carry Firearm, the one that looks like the cell phone gun we talked to you about. We'll see you next hour. From the Caltech Studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast. From the Caltech Studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, thank where you. we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for coming back. Good break. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us again. We, uh, we're going to jump right into it. We've got the next caller on the line. We've got to give a couple, couple official things out of the way first. On my right, right-hand man, great, 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 great grandson, Daniel Boone. He's not here today. His name is Earl, but we know you love his music, so here it is. <laughs> Wherever he is right now, he's bobbing his head up and down. He loves yes, he hears music. it. He loves, he loves his music. Uh, on my left is the uh, the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. And on his left, on my right, is Padawan Learner, his samurai sidekick, Mr. Alec Weber. <laughs> louder, remember? Hey. Louder, louder. Alec got a couple of calls during the show from people he knows. Stop whispering. Speak up. Speak up. So... We actually just gave him his own microphone this time. So hopefully <laughs> he'll sound a little very, better. Very kind of you, finally. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Uh, hey, finally. We only got, uh, <laughs> we got so many microphones to go around here, okay? You know? Uh, hey, we talked to our next guest uh, two weeks ago, two, a week, two, three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, Mr. Kirk Chelberg. Kirk is the president and CEO of Ideal Conceal. Kirk, how are you doing? Hey, good. How are you guys? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Hey, um,. You know, we talked last week. We we, we figured, uh, or excuse me, two weeks ago, I think it was. We said, "Wow, what a great product! This is this is great. It's going to start rolling. The publicity on this thing looks uh, looks wonderful." And I guess it got to be uh, the publicity got to be so good. That, it's our fault you know, that a couple of yeah. couple of butt clowns uh, politicians uh, decided, uh, "Well, we can't have this." Yeah, in fact, when I checked him, um, you know, I have Chuck's um, private number, so I called him up, and that's really what he said. He said, these arms room radio guys just pushed me over the edge. I had to do something. Hey, we're going to be doing beer commercials here pretty soon, man. We're going to be famous and stuff. Yeah, no, it's been interesting, um, you know, and, and again, I think that it's not that I never expected some 
some anti-gun <laughs> feelings about this, but Ask having gone viral like as it has, is, it was well unexpected for me. Well, from what I'm reading from uh, from Chuck Schumer's, you know, his of course was the, uh, you know, we can't have this because it looks it looks like a, a you know a cell phone, and that and and if you have a cell phone, it can't look like a it has to be a cell phone, it has to look like a cell phone, uh, mm-hmm. and and he wants he's calling for a federal investigation into this. I. I, federal investigation. I don't know. Gonna what, get one as soon as the prototype's finished. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind of federal in- investigation he's looking for. How dare someone come up with a concept that's brilliant? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I um, you know, frankly, right after he spoke, I have a contact at the ATF, and I contacted them. I said, you know, I want to spend zero days on the wrong side of the ATF. We want to do legal above board, everything straight up. And he's like, you're as legal as you can get. I said, okay. And so, you know, I don't think that. Um, I welcome. I, you know, my statement was I welcome the investigation because all you're going to find is that we're within the um, National Firearms Act and ATF regulations, and we're legal. So, you know, you know, welcome yourself all you want, or investigate all you want. We're ready. Hey, listen, you cannot get luckier than having Schumer come after you. That's the kind of publicity you can't buy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm coming to understand. Our, our illustrious governor here in the state of Minnesota also feels outraged uh, by my product, but um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah you're doing something right. Every, every time they say outraged, you just sold another 100,000 units. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Governor Governor Mark Dayton there in in, uh, in uh, Minnesota. Um, yeah, Schumer's, uh, you know, he, he wanted this federal investigation. Like you said, you contact ATF, and they're like, "Hey, listen, we're good." And and I know a lot of the, a lot of listeners they, they they get this, but you know, as it stands, let's let's look at um, North American Arms makes the little twenty two twenty two Magnums, uh, and it has a folding uh, a whole belt clip on it. It folds yep. onto a belt it clip. It actually acts as the grip of the pistol. Right, and and it Carried converts for a decade. Converts around to the grip, covers the firearm. You cannot tell uh, it's a firearm. You know, so it, it it would seem to fall into that category. You you also have holsters that you could put smaller firearms in. Um, one is the is the Keltec P380 and the P38 uh, P3 P32 that we uh, we uh, we help promote. Um, it, it's Ruger LCP, same size. You could drop these into a into a holster that looks like a wallet. It actually has a hole in it, so you could pull the trigger. And these are not classified. As NFA items, uh, e- even if they were, let's say somehow this gets traction and somehow they those type of firearms and Kirk's fire, Kirk, your firearm, they want to they want to put on the the NFA list. That's yeah, it's it's that's, a it's a five dollar tax. It's stamp. an AOW. It's an any other weapon. It's a five dollar tax stamp. I, I do yeah, not find that um, would we be. We're going to challenge that until the basically till the cows come home. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I don't either. Yeah, neither do we. Neither do we. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a huge amount of legislation to get that done. And you know, like I said, I just think, and I've said this repeatedly to people. It's like the funny thing about the people that speak out about this have absolutely no idea what the concealed carry market exists. You know that what's in there. Right. Um, I had a journalist call me that was dead set. I could tell on writing a negative article, and I said, "Do you even know anything about this?" And she's like, "No." And I said, "Well, how can you write an article when you don't even look up the other side?" So I, you know, I told her, you know, check some stuff out. I said, "This isn't as big bad deal as you think it is." And so after a conversation, she kind of calmed down. But yeah, it takes people a while to understand that. Um, I mean, this is it's, and besides that, it's a it's a double shot derringer. It's not something you're gonna you're gonna go around making you know big uh, 
uh, shoot them ups out of it. It's just a defensive weapon. Right. You're not shooting 30 rounds of 5.56 five, out of this. You know, this is this is the defensive weapon. This is and this is like even talked talked to us about. This is not the primary defensive weapon. This is the the alternate. Oh my goodness, I've got no room for a regular firearm. I, I, you know, I'm in shorts. I'm you know you know playing tennis or something like that, but still want to be able to protect yourself or your family. Yep, I hear you. That's what we think exactly. And one person was, um, you know, all after this is about law enforcement. I said, do you guys do math where you're from? And they're long, kind of a long pause. I said, most police carry a 16-shot clock. Yeah. I said, you're going to carry a two-shot Derringer to a party with a 16-shot clock? I said, that's just, you know, Fuzzy math. Hey, you know what? I'd, if I were the police, I'd volunteer for that party. And a lot of police want this. That's the other thing I don't think they understand. I mean, I have state patrols and I have federal agencies that want it. We have, um, you know, your, your regular guys on the street want it. I undercover people, protective agencies. I mean, we're not just being contacted by the public. We're being contacted by um, an entire towns want it for their police force because of what you just said. I'm, you know, the guy says, well, we want it for our whole force. And I was like, well, Mind if I ask why? And the guy's like, because in the summertime, they won't carry these big right. cannons. You Kurt, just we're, won't. we're facing a break. You got a couple of minutes to hang out with us for the next segment? Absolutely. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltex 2. As we get back, we got a couple more questions. We're going to talk to Kirk Shelberg from Ideal Conceal. We're talking about uh, law enforcement use. We're going to be move on to that. i got a couple different questions we're going to get to. But until then, listen, go jump on your computers. Check out idealconceal.com so you can see what we're talking about. We'll see you after the break. want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds. Plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltech. See more at keltechweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. At work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. 
Room and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT Training Pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10 percent off in the between, studio, could you yeah i was switching back and forth on my uh my, house mics are off my beatbox here off. from uh doing a little research and uh, coming back to the soundboard and it didn't come up quick enough so um hey on the line with this is uh kirk chelberg kirk's president ceo of ideal conceal out of minnesota we still got you there kirk yes you do okay we're starting to get into the law enforcement aspect of this um that's my background uh, I want to tell you, every other law enforcement officer we've talked to, uh, and, and, and the listeners, I know you have also, the law enforcement wants this. Like you said, there's agencies that want this for their officers. And and the reason they want this, I'm going to tell you, this is... double. It's a double edge. Yeah, this it's is... A sword and a shield. Right here. This is not a... This is not a primary weapon. This is no. not something they're going out, like like Kirk said, the 16-round the Glock. This is that last-ditch self-defense gun, or depending on the restrictive clothing they have to wear. The deep, deep, deep undercover yeah, guy. This is it, and this is for girl. This is for self-defense. And let me tell you something. Self-defense is not just for law enforcement. Self-defense is for everyone. It's a, it's a God-given right. Unless you're in the Mariana Islands. Uh, unless you're in the Northern Mariana Islands. We learned that just uh, today. Um, so this is something that uh, clearly, uh, you know, is, is for self-defense. The law enforcement wants it for the same reason the public wants this. And this is not something that, uh, you know, nobody's going to go around and, and assault people with, uh, you know, spend $400. I'm going to go out and buy this gun. I'm going to do the paperwork. And then I'm going to go out and rob people with the $400 gun that I just bought and registered and did my paperwork on. It has two shots in it. Yeah. 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 That's correct. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and as far as your, the governor, Governor Mark Dayton there, and uh, Senator Chuck Schumer out of New York, wanting to call for a federal investigation, you, you know, it, it's, it, is it just grandstanding? I, I, you know, I, is this... I don't know if they even know what that means. Well, Mark Dayton also said he wished that they could uh, legislate human idiocy. Uh, of course, aimed at me, but if and they could if, do that, we wouldn't have any politicians. So. That's right. He'd be, he'd be gone. Out of a job. Yeah, yeah. He'd be gone. Yeah. <laughs> All gone. Well, the other thing I've been telling people, too, is unfortunately we as citizens are finding ourselves on the front line of, of 
basically enforcing the law or protecting ourselves. I mean, these incidents that have been breaking out, like random incidents, but also more and more planned incidents, as we've been hearing about lately, too, is that police can't be everywhere. And in fact, the guys that are committing these are hoping that the police aren't where they are. So we're going to be, in, we're just going to be tasked with defending ourselves more and more um, with lethal force because, you know, these attacks I don't think are going away. In fact, they've been on the uptick, which is really unfortunate for our country. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, we've, 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 talked about those in great length here and uh, you know with law enforcement we always we're always supporting them and trying to trying to help out any way we can but you know one of those things is education and I think that's how law enforcement is looking at this product as long as uh, you know the education is there you know, then then the knowledge is there. The knowledge is the key. Um, law enforcement gets their weekly, daily updates on officer threats or th- threats to safety. You know, one simple picture of here's ideal conceal. This is what this is. You so you know what it is when you face it, and you know. You know, the, law enforcement then knows at that point. Okay, if I see somebody pointing a cell phone at me. And it looks like this. And it's not with the back of it so that I can tell it's the camera side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they know and there's the education. And again, they immediately recognize the value in this for self-defense. Most law enforcement, they don't want you to be stripped of your power. They want you to be able to take care of the problem. They'd much rather show up on a scene where you've defended yourself than have to come over and put a bag on your body. Oh, Can you imagine if somebody pulled a firearm in a movie theater and started to open fire and eight cell phones got drawn on him? Yeah, you know what? You know what that is? That's not a mass shooting. Yeah, that's that's uh, a, that's a halted madman. Yeah, Sixteen what that is. rounds into a bad guy. Yeah, you know, listen. There's uh, what were we talking about, Kevin? There's there's uh, there's rocks. You got the rocks that look like key holders that yeah. they're sitting in people's gardens. Yeah, we were talking about things that look like things they aren't. You got uh, the safes, you know, like uh, that are like shaving cream cans or cans of soup. Right. Uh, you know that that convert from one thing to another, have multiple uses. Um, but what the, are they there for? Yeah, they, these... a dog that looks like it to sheep. Yeah, yeah. What, what are those things there for? <laughs> Even in nature, they're there for self-defense. They're for defending for you. Yeah, they're I had to protection. laugh last night. My wife and I were watching a movie that was set back in the '70s, in all the early '70s, when the gals were burning their bras, and there was a whole group of the people saying, "Oh, these bra burners are going to be the ruination of our country," and all this <laughs> stuff. So this whole. Uh, fear-mongering nonsense, you know, uh, anything you don't understand, is uh, that's been going on probably since the beginning of humanity. But uh, it was just kind of funny to hear people think that gals leaving their tatas loose was going <laughs> to was going to kill our whole society. That's I don't it. think that's proved to be true. So this, it's the end of mankind as we know it, right? Or womankind as we know it, right there. You know, yeah. that's it's the end yeah. of it. Yeah, it's always a. Uh, it's always chicken little. That's it's you know the sky is falling. Get ready. We don't we don't know what's going on. That's new, and I, I'm not sure about that. So we don't want it. Ban it. Ban it. So, it's different. Uh, all right, well, uh, Kirk, uh, we're gonna we, uh, obviously we'll stay in touch. We'll keep uh, we'll keep up to speed on this with you. Um, anything we can do to assist, uh, you know, let us know. And uh, we got no problem bashing people like uh, excuse me, not bashing, exposing people like right. Governor Mark Dayton and uh, Senator Chuck Schumer and their anti-constitutional, anti-American, anti-Second Amendment I'm, ways. I'm feeling a trip to Minnesota as soon as he's got a prototype right. Yeah, <laughs> I hear yeah. that, and I got a, I have a representative too, a DFLer that's put a bill on the floor here too. I think it's HF three one seven nine to ban the sale, possession, or manufacture of this weapon. So, yeah, it's it's um it's going to be an interesting run, but we're you know we're prepared. For that, so we can. Uh, we're big boys. We can defend ourselves too. So we're not worried about it. You know, even if they, even if they did, even if they did pass that, you know, it, it, that's that's unconstitutional. It's you a might as well just say, trade. It's, yeah, 
you, it's not a nuclear weapon. You're, you're you know, you're not allowed to build your own <laughs> nuclear think, reactor. You think it you was? Get a you think I was selling nukes on eBay the way they're talking <laughs> about me? <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, we we look forward to following this up uh, with you again, and uh, we you know hopefully we'll see you there at the NRA show. I know we we're planning on being there with you too, also. So yeah, we won't have a booth this year, but I will be there and I will see you guys. Perfect, perfect, outstanding. So we'll talk to you before then for sure. But hey, Kirk, thank you very much, folks. Everybody, go out and check it. It's idealconceal.com. That's ideal concealed.com and and look at the product that uh, we've got a couple of crazy politicians uh, they they, they want to and, and everybody knows you don't buy nukes on eBay that's on Craigslist <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craigslist Sorry. all right all right Kirk thanks you for joining us today yep thanks, all right. guys <laughs> oh that's craziness can you believe it's good this is yeah, I think Kirk hit it right on the head. This is uh, something new, and they don't know what it is, so they're afraid of it. This is probably the same thing happened with cars. Oh, what, what, what are you got? <laughs> oh, they, cars? Oh, oh my goodness. You have to have a man walk ahead of you with a flag, 50 <laughs> feet, waving the flag when you drive down the road, because it's that dangerous. Oh, that's... that's Actually, that was probably true. That's 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 ridiculousness. Listen, I found uh, some some uh, some kinfolk to uh, evidently Mark Dayton and uh, Chuck Schumer there. Uh, uh, these, some, some similarly intelligent. Some individual. similarly intelligent people. They clearly work at a Burger King, in uh, <laughs> in, in in Coon Rapids outside of Minneapolis. Uh, I'm telling you, maybe it's maybe it's the, maybe if you work in the government buildings there, you, you drink some sort of weird water. I don't I don't know what it is, but but uh, a prank caller convinced a Coon Rapids Burger King employees to smash out the windows. And did you have you heard this? Have you seen this? I have. Okay. A uh, prank caller convinced employees of a Coon Rapids Burger King to smash out all of the windows of the restaurant to keep the building from exploding. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. The incident <laughs> happened Friday evening uh, at a Burger King 2000 block on Northdale Boulevard, in case you want to go by and see the windows broken out. <laughs> According to police, employees received a phone call from someone claiming to be from the Coon Rapids Fire Department. Caller said the restaurant was pressurized and could explode, so the employees needed to break the windows out to relieve the pressure. <laughs> I, I almost made it through that sentence without losing it, but evidently it's pressurized. The, the building is pressurized. You have to knock out the windows or it's going to explode. It was built that way. It was built that way, yes. It was overpressurized, mm-hmm. yes. So the employees believed the caller, and they broke out the windows. Uh, police say they believed the call was a prank. Now I want to tell you. I have to tell you. If they only just believe the call was a prank and they don't know it was a prank, mm-hmm. you might want to look at new police officers mm-hmm. also. Okay. This well, is they're the... not sure it wasn't really the fire department going, oh, yeah. har, har, har. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this. Uh, an investigation's underway to determine who made the phone call. Uh, the news also reports that the same thing happened at Oklahoma Burger King on Friday night as well, costing the restaurants thousands of dollars worth of damage. I'm, I'm just going to give you a little some tips, folks. Um, and, and, and the governor, Mark... Uh, Dayton and uh, and Senator Chuck Schumer, because clearly you're the. You need to pass a bill about people being stupid <laughs> and working in in the restaurant industry. If you know, by the you know, remember, these are also the people that want fifteen dollars an hour, you know, for for doing. Well, this. if you paid them that much, they might not make these kind of mistakes. Yeah. If if somebody calls you and says that your your building is overpressurized, then just get up and leave. We need you to break out the windows. Just just walk away. Save uh, yourself. Flee the building. Get in your car. Right. Pull over where it's safe. And choke yourself. Exactly. Exactly right. You should also check to see if you have Prince Albert in a can. If your refrigerator is running. If your refrigerator is running. Um, you, these, these are, there's a whole list of things that uh, you should you should check on. Have you on. seen Mike? Yeah. 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 <laughs> these Careful. Are, Careful. These are, these are things that you should do. If, if you get this phone call, 
uh, you know, have some fun with them, perhaps. You know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but but don't break out your windows. You know, listen. Look. Maybe if it was still snowing in Minnesota and they were, you know, eight feet under snow and they, and they had the brain freeze going on, I could get this. They were just under pressure. They were under. They were under too much pressure. Alec, Alec got it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's these people exist. So when I hear things like Senator Mark Dayton is afraid of the new, excuse me, uh, um, Governor Mark Dayton's afraid of this and he wants to ban it, and Senator Chuck Schumer doesn't know what it is and wants a federal investigation, it, it I say there, there can't be people in the world that stupid. <laughs> These are the same people that think that magazines are very much like cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Once the carton's empty, it's you just throw it away. It's not worth yeah. anything anymore. So we should ban these. Yes. Yeah. So evidently, um, now I know why there was a push for $15 an hour, because it's the governor's children and Senator Schumann's children <laughs> that uh, want to make more money. So evidently, they couldn't get into the finest community colleges they had to offer in their neighborhood and decided to break the windows out of the Burger King. Did you guys hear this? They broke the windows out of the Burger King because it was overpressure. You know what happened, though? It didn't explode. Well, no, because they and, broke the and windows And they're going to catch the guy that made the call, and he's going to look at him and go, really? Yeah. You're going to arrest me because I talked them into breaking out the windows. Yeah. yeah. What Exactly. What crime is that? Uh, I, I, I convinced them to be stupid. <laughs> Well, would this be convincing them to be stupid or just letting their stupid free? I don't know. Yes. Is, it, is, it, <laughs> yes. is it subordinating stupidity or, or did you it's fail to is, engage them? Right. Is this aid in abetting stupidity? Yes, you know? That might be. I don't know. Can you? I have can no you... recollection of thinking this through, Senator. <laughs> You're listening to oh, Arms Room nice Radio segue. coming to you live from the Kiltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Staff Sergeant Jeffrey Collins died March 26, 2016, as a result of wounds received in battle in Balad, Iraq, on February 23, 2009. Collins, 37, was engaged in close quarters combat during a building sweep. He returned to accurate fire, killing the first terrorist, then immediately maneuvered his team to an area of concealment. Once there, Staff Sergeant Collins and his team continued to direct fire, enabling the platoon leader to maneuver away from the threat and return fire. This action helped save the life of the wounded platoon leader. With multiple terrorists killed and running dangerously low on ammo, Staff Sergeant Collins and his team had no method of exfiltration due to a blocked door. A striker fighting vehicle then breached the wall so other soldiers could make contact. During the breach, the striker and downed wall struck Staff Sergeant Collins in the back, breaking it in multiple pieces. During the engagement, in addition to the broken back, Staff Sergeant Collins took multiple auto weapons fire to his body armor that resulted in severely bruised lungs and heart. He also suffered a traumatic brain injury from the multiple grenade explosions in the confined space. For his actions that day, he received the Bronze Star Medal with V for Valor and the Purple Heart. He had previously been awarded the Combat Action Badge during an Afghanistan deployment. Also killed on that day in Iraq were Corporal Mike Alleman, Corporal Mike Main, and Corporal Zach Nordmeyer. Staff Sergeant Collins was a single dad and leaves behind an 11-year-old daughter. Staff Sergeant Collins, you are not forgotten. Rest in peace, Jeff. There's a couple of ways that you can get in contact with us at Max Law Orlando. Uh, first one is our phone number. You can call us at the office. It's 
480-2179. You can reach us on our website, maxlaworlando.com. You can reach us on Twitter, at MaxLawOrlando. And you can reach us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash downtownattorneys. Listen, uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Alec, um, again for the segment. Uh, Jeff was a uh, Jeff was a very close friend of all of ours. I, I've known, had the privilege of knowing Jeff since 2001. Uh, he was in my platoon when I got uh, uh, out, out of OCS and took over my first platoon. And uh, I've known him ever since. Went to Afghanistan together. He was with me for four or five years. And then he, uh, you know, transferred and uh, went to another unit and, you know, just regular time and uh, went to Iraq with that unit. And that's where, where this happened. And uh, he's been suffering with the uh, with the the wounds and injuries, you know, every day since then. You know, the, the mental scars and the physical scars. So, uh, you know, God bless him. God bless his family. And um, and, and his daughter. We, we've set up a. A, a GoFundMe site. So if you if you'll go to Facebook.com/armsroomradio, uh, and again that's Facebook.com/armsroomradio, you'll see the GoFundMe site for Jeff. Everything is going to his daughter Savannah. Uh, there was uh, there was money needed for funeral. Uh, I, I mean, just the tragedy in this. Jeff died within 24 hours of his mother dying from from cancer. Uh, so there was uh, and there's there was no other no other direct kin relation. It was, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles that were left behind. Um, he has no brothers and sisters. His no, father's already passed yeah, away. No brothers and sisters. His, his parents, both parents deceased. His, uh, his daughter's a, a minor. Um, the, you know, the, uh, the relationship with the, with the ex isn't what it should be. So, you know, everything is now, now going forward to make provisions for her. Kevin and, Ma- and uh, you know, Maxwell Orlando, the you know, office of Kevin Maxwell and Associates have set up a, uh, a trust and they're just doing this to get, you know, money for Savannah. There's not, uh, there's no, no, you know, not taking money from, what, what you was, know. I and, think the phrase that was used to describe me at his funeral was the money grubbing lawyer is going to keep it all. Yeah. I, I'm not keeping a single cent of this. No, not a, not a penny, not a penny. Kevin was a good friend of Jeff's also. And, um, and, uh, Taking care, gonna take care of the daughter. We're gonna, we're gonna do everything we can. So she she decides she wants to go to college. She's going to college. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hey, there's a. Uh, and again, I'll have that put up on the website in just a moment. We, I did want to talk to you uh, before we lose the segment about the NRA in Florida with the open carry issue. If you recall, uh, you, um, you know, is it for February timeframe? Um, Florida was looking at. Open carry, the bill had passed uh, the House, uh, you know, quite uh, favorably, and it was moving toward the Senate. It got to the Senate, and a, I call him a rhino, uh, a senator, state senator, De La Portilla, uh, decided, I'm not bringing it forward. Uh, it's it's not uh, it's not going it's not going forward at all. We're not going to take this forward because I'm worried about my next job, and I have to have. I have to have, uh, you know, people support me, so I'm going to let the crazy moms for everything feed me money on the side and uh, and, uh, and to convince me not to bring this forward to a vote. So that's what happened. So Florida did not end up with open carry this year. And, you know, and this is, and we're talking about responsible open carry. This is as an alternative to concealed carry. This is not, uh, and it was written into law, this wasn't nut jobs with AK-47 slung over, slung over their shoulder going in to have a sandwich or something like that. This was about responsible Responsible carry, exercising their Second Amendment. Well, there's a case that we've also talked to you about in the past, Norman versus State. And 
this came out of St. Lucie County in Florida. We've had Eric Friday, the attorney from the Florida Carry uh, group that he's been on here. We've talked about this before. It's now coming to uh, Supreme Court. It's hitting the Supreme Court here in Florida on June the 8th. If this goes, if this passes, uh, well, not if it passes, if this is overturned by the state Supreme Court, guess what, folks? You, you know, guess what, Senator De La Portilla? You should have. You could have controlled it. You could have controlled it with now provision. You, yeah. yeah you, you've lost all your ability to put any provisions in that that steer open carry. Yep. And if the Supreme Court of the state of Florida rules that this is unconstitutional, there's no steering. It's just open carry. Yeah, you're going to end up with constitutional carry. Uh, well, it's not true constitutional carry. Like Kevin said, it, it's going to be it, open carry without restriction. Right. Um, it's going to be uh, concealed carry uh, will will remain the same, but open carry without restriction will come into place. Right. There won't be the requirement to go through any training. No training, no concealed weapons permits, no type of firearm, no holsters, none of that. Everything that you had the opportunity to pass. The things you were scared of is the reason why you wouldn't present it in the first place are going to come to fruition. Yeah. Nuts with the AK-47 slung over his shoulder going to a coffee house. The update on this is the National Rifle Association filed a motion in Florida Supreme Court to appear as a friend of the court mm-hmm. on behalf of the man challenging Florida's law banning the open carrying of firearms. Gentlemen, what's, what is what is friend of the court? What does that mean? It means we, represent, we have constituents and persons of interest, and we represent them as a whole. And we want to speak on their behalf and get their position out there, because this will directly affect them. It's called an amicus brief. This that is, means friend of the court. Okay, this is not state. This is not defense. This is no, this third is just, party. This is third party. We're, we're not actually a party to this action. We're not a direct party. We're not a named party in this lawsuit. But we represent persons who have interest in this lawsuit, and we want to speak on their behalf. Okay. And one of the other parties that had been involved in this and had, had, uh, you know, had been able to f- file the amicus brief and be a friend of the court mm-hmm. was the was the nut jobs every town for gun safety. By the way, if anybody can call me and show me a safety briefing that they've offered, some sort of class that they've offered, uh, I've got a free gun for you. I'm going to give you a gun. You could show me the every town for gun safety's class schedule uh, for, for, for gun safety and for their training schedule for I, gun I, safety. I think that's funny that you make that suggestion because, one, no one that believes in that group would listen to this radio show <laughs> unless they were using it as a monitoring device for the opposition. And secondly, they wouldn't take a free firearm if you ordered them one. <laughs> you know, it's it's no no no. They're evil. They might go off. What if I'm on a treadmill? Yeah, what, what if what if I'm on what am I, if I'm at the pool? Uh, all right. So this means that uh, they've got some help. This means that the the NRA with 300,000 members in Florida has come to the aid of. Uh, of of these this individual of of Mr. Well, Norman they, of, come of to the, the aid of the uh, other members of the NRA. Right. The brief is basically to help educate the court on the state of the law. It isn't really designed to be an advocating position. It it will turn into one. But the point is to show the court the law from the history of forever till right now and why what they should be ruling is X versus Y. And undoubtedly, you're going to write it so that it advocates the position you want to be advocated. But it's basically showing the court the law. It's a brief on the law and why the court should rule a certain way or another. Just like every town is writing a brief that's exactly the opposite, trying to argue what they believe the state of the law is. And their argument is probably going to be more of a, well, we need to do away with the law for the matters of public policy. Which is ridiculous. 
Well, it's not constitutional. Right. Well, right. briefly, the reason the NRA wanted to go ahead and file their amicus, amicus brief is because the other side was uh, citing stuff all the way back from England, and they're saying, you know, our Constitution overruled that stuff, so you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, NRA, uh, thank you for getting into the fight, and uh, we, again, we'll keep up to date on this. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. We live in an ever-changing world where security is no longer a luxury, but a necessity. Veritas International provides the peace of mind you, your family, business, or school deserves. Locally owned and operated by a law enforcement veteran with over 18 years of experience, Veritas provides a myriad of services, such as executive protection, private and confidential investigations, background investigations, canine services, event and school security, as well as firearms training that includes concealed carry, female handgun and survival courses, and home defense. Veritas will custom tailor a home defense course with your personal home as the training location. Train in your familiar environment. Put their decades of experience to work for you. Call Veritas International today at 844-483-7482. Online at oneveritas.com. That's O-N-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S.com. Mention the arms room and get 15% off training and selected services. Veritas International is a proud supporter of the Second Amendment. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltech Studios. 
Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio. Live coast to coast. With Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, I promised you this story. Thanks for your military service. Now here are nine reasons why I won't hire you. Uh, so you've decided to hang up your uniform for years of distinguished service to our great nation. Guess what? All those uh, all those transition classes you took and all of the you know that nice new suit you have, uh, that nice new resume you have. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean anything out here in the world. Doesn't we're gonna we're gonna and we're gonna tell you why. This this comes from a a, a consortium of of uh, executives that have had to hire military people. An amalgam. Yeah. An amalgam. An amalgam. Yes. And we, we want to help you. We want to help you. If you're if you're a vet, if you're a recent vet, if you've been a vet for a while, if you know somebody that's a vet, if you know somebody that's coming off of active duty, these are things. If you know somebody that's thinking about getting off of active duty. Warn them. Yeah, warn them. These are the kind of things uh, that, that they should know. Number one. Number one here. Uh, you can't or you won't accept that you're starting over. You really are. Starting over. Yes, because you are starting over. You've you, you've taken your your bag of experience behind you, whether it had been a, a four year bag or a, or twenty year bag of, of knowledge and experience, and you and you're coming to someplace else where guess what? Mm, not so much. It's great that you have the discipline walking in the door. Those are things of obviously the military. Explain like, you know. to them why though. Uh, let's suppose that immediately after graduating from college or high school, you went to work for a well known. Uh, I went to I, I went to work for one of the well known defense contractors. Like me. Yes. During the course of 20-year program career, uh, you're very successful and promoted to position of program manager, frequently like working with the military. <laughs> However, I'm not at that point in my career where there isn't any opportunity for further advancement, or I'm simply weary of the industry. Now like in late, late 30s or 40s, or 60s, like Kevin, <laughs> and decide it's time to leave the company to pursue a different career. I've like, worked with the military. Like yes, yes, you did. Worked with the military entire adult life. So you decide you want to join its ranks. Because, Not like me. <laughs> no, no. Because of my previous experience with managing multi-million dollar budgets and hundreds of personnel, I feel I'm equivalent of a commanding officer or senior enlisted and leader. When I talk to the recruiter about my level of entry, what could they tell me? Uh, you're going to go in as the lowest of the low. The cold dose of reality is that despite all your experience, you have no idea what the organizational culture is like. Uh, you'd be set up for failure if someone allowed you to... Uh, this is like just say like you went into the military. If you, Kevin, you had you had 20 years. That's right. I've I've got 20 years. I've been working with military personnel right. in the aerospace and defense industry for 20 years. I, I'm selling them the things they use to do their job, and I decide after 9/11 I'm up and up, and I, and I go in and I go. You know what? I got a college degree. Uh, I want to be a second lieutenant. No. You could you <laughs> now, you could be a second lieutenant, yeah, but you couldn't a, be after a while. You couldn't come in and be. The commanding officer. I, I couldn't, well, I, I could be no longer, I could no more be a major or a colonel uh, over brigade level right. force than I could be command sergeant major this, or, or command correct master chief. Now, we're, we're going to flip-flop it on you. Senior military people with those with those experience. Command master chief. Coming command, into the civilian market. Yeah. It's it's a difficult transition. It's not impossible. It's no. absolutely possible to have been a uh, senior NCO, to have been a uh, you know a, a mid grade officer, uh, junior grade officer, excuse me, a senior officer, and come into the civilian market and be an executive. The executive level 
is is you at the can. executive level. Right. But you if can. you're going to come out as a colonel and run a and and start working for a company running something, you're going to need what the equivalent of an executive officer. You're going to need somebody who already knows all those things. Uh, an assistant, uh, somebody who knows the ins and outs so that you manage. Yes. And they show you how. Just remember, and here's the point of this, the number one is that when you come out, and especially if you've only been in, you know, two years, four years uh, stint in the military and you come out and you've, you've, you've been a junior leader at that point, you've been a, uh, a young officer, you've been a young NCO and you're used to a leadership position. When you come out and start in one of these companies, that may not be so. Right. You may have to start at the at the bottom level. You, you may have been. What, what's what's the what's the rank of a tank commander? Uh, staff sergeant, junior right, staff tank, sergeant. junior tank commander. You, you gotta, yeah. You're driving a sixty million dollar tank. Yep. Nobody's going to let you drive a sixty million dollar anything. No. You're, yeah. you're not going to get a budget. Right. Of your own when you first come out. Right. Uh, number two is you believe you're unique. Listen, that's what everybody coming out of the military believes, that you have a unique set of skills. Each day, two. For the thing you were doing. Right. Each day, two to 300 service members exit the military. Uh, based on uh, the, the last set of numbers, there's a there's a there's roughly 187 jobs uh, per day that need to be filled. So you have, I'm sorry, yes, 187 jobs that, that are looking to be filled. So it's the numbers don't add up. You're not as unique as you think you are. You need to make yourself more unique when you're doing this transition. You need to check the boards, check the check what's going on, what they're talking about. Find out what this company likes to see in a resume. Um, you need to, if you want to find that niche job, you need to have that niche resume. You need to make sure you're the round peg in the round hole. Tailor your resume to the audience you're advertising to. But be careful. Be careful when tailoring it. Because number three is, your resume is longer than the CEO of our company. And listen, guys, I can tell you this, uh, guys and gals, everybody out there, the things you do in the military, the things you do in one day could fill pages of the resume. Uh, and it, it's everything that you do, there's a there's a life or death aspect to it. It, it, it. Whether you happen to be the guy pointing the rifle at somebody or you happen to be the guy supporting the person that points the rifle at somebody, everything has a life or death aspect to it. The military... Listen, unless you're heading into, you know, public service, you know, law enforcement or, you know, firefighting, if you're just coming into the civilian market, you know, it's not so. And you need to tone that down. You can't go in there with the, you know, jump at airplanes, save lives, hua hua. They, they don't, that, there's not really a private market for that. Right, right. It's, it's, it's not something. It's, my resume was the same way when I first started looking for a job as a lawyer. I, I had a whole section on classified programs. I had to boil it down to one sentence. Right. Worked on a variety of classified programs. Right. Because after I read my draft, I realized I can't talk about this. I mean, it's important. It was a major part of my career. But I can't discuss what I did and where I did it. It's not in my nature to be mysterious. Right. But I can't tell you, and I can't tell you why I can't tell you. Right. Yeah. Number four, you didn't proofread your resume. Come on, guys. Yeah. Ladies, yeah. gals. But read it backwards. Proofread it. Read it backwards. Proofread it, and then... And then Go and have somebody else proofread it. I would suggest a uh, middle school, yeah. junior high school. Go find the English department. I'll give you a quick uh, a quick hint on resumes. If you're going to be posting them online, you're going to be going to Monster and all these kind of places. You're going to be posting a resume. I'm going to give you a little hint that may help. Find out some of the most searched keywords, uh, things in that job. You know, you may have nothing about your job about data processing. Uh, but keyword it. 
but here's what you do. And you keyword, you put it in your resume, but you want it to be seen. Well, gee, Mike, how can people, if it's not there and you can't see it in my resume, how can people find it? That's easy. At the, at the end of your resume, just like uh, you'd you know, be, if you're typing up a, a, a web page and web page search, go down to the bottom and type yourself two sentences of things like data processing, leader, uh, you know, budget uh, uh, analysis, you know, all the keywords that bosses want to see. And then go up to the right top, change the font, or excuse me, change the print color to white so it looks like your resume and you can't see it, but those words are still there. And when they do a search, guess what's going to pull up? It's going to pop it up. It's going to pull up your resume. It's going to be invisible, invisible to, to anybody that reads yep. it, yep. except for the computer that does the word search. Yep, yep, exactly right. Uh, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. But sneaky. this is how the military helps the military get ahead. Hey, listen, if you, you number five, you don't have a LinkedIn account. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not a big fan of LinkedIn, but you got to have it. Uh, and even worse than not having one is having an incomplete one or having one that looks like it's your Facebook page. Or having okay. one that is actually not yours, but it's created, generated for itself. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Like, yeah. Like mine is right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, speaking of Facebook, you think social media is for, for kids or for sharing stories? Uh, you know, uh, Everybody wants to post their, their, their pictures of the kids. Everybody wants to, you know, evidently post a picture of what they're having for lunch. and, and Those are called foodies. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to get on there and tell your war stories. You know, yeah. you, you know what? Go, go in your personal groups. Go find, you, go find a nice, uh, Facebook, nice Facebook group of uh, guys who have your same uh, job specialty or MOS. Talk about your stories in there. That's where they need to be. You don't want, you don't want your, your new prospective boss to come on and go, well, you know what? Kevin seems like a real nice guy. He's real level-headed, and uh, oh, let me go see here. Oh, look, here's him with his foot on a dead Taliban. <laughs> you know, you know, a picture of him, you know, with the, holding the rifle over his head. They, That's they, not what they, you want. They, that would never. I would never post like that on my. <laughs> I have a. Editor. He would never admit that existed. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I have an editor who keeps that kind of stuff off my Facebook because I tell my clients as soon as they open a case, close your Facebook. Number seven, you didn't prepare for the interview. Listen, how many times you got to say this? Practice, 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 practice. Have your friends practice. Have your have your have your mom and dad practice. Practice with your dog, it doesn't matter. Know who you're going to in the interview with if you can. Yeah. Look at their Facebook page. Find out about them. Remember there's always two agendas in any negotiation, the real one and the one you don't know about. You're not supposed Find to out that about out. that no that one you don't know about. Maybe. That's the one you want to feed to. Here, here's a big one. Nobody does this. Send a thank you note after your interview. Before you even get the results back, send a thank you note. Don't send a thank you note that says, uh, I, thank you, uh, I would really be great for this job. Uh, you, just, you know, yeah, just, just say thank, thank you, you for your time. Thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity to interview. Boom. That's it. Because you get a chance to practice. Yeah. And number nine, you don't know what you want to do. Okay, don't apply for the job. If you if, Don't stand up and say, I applied for it because, uh, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I need to do something. Don't do that. All right. Folks, you can check that on. Just just, just Google. Uh, check out uh, nine reasons uh, nine reasons why I won't hire you, and, and and that'll come up. Listen, I want to thank our guests. I want to thank uh, I want to thank Colonel Allen West for being with us. Check his uh, site out ncpa.org or allenbwest.com. Uh, Kirk Shelberg from Ideal Conceal. That's idealconceal.com. So thank you to our guests. Goodbye to our friend Jeff. And uh, please, please remember to exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Don't be caught dead in a gun-free zone. See you next week.